just don't get into panic mode of thinking you need to be testing stuff constantly. I remember we used to always be testing like a new test every three days. As soon as one finished, you'd start the next one. But now I'm more of the sort of view that, okay, let's say if I've got a week or two where we're working on good creatives and we can't be testing any creatives in that period, but the account's doing well. So what? We're, the account's doing well, everything's performing. Let's just wait for those two weeks rather than testing something for the sake of testing it yeah. until we get the good stuff and then test that. This is the Customer Acquisition Show, the podcast that helps you turn complete strangers into repeat customers and grow your business. Hello and welcome to the Customer Acquisition Show. I'm your host, Tom Meredith, the VP of Marketing here at Tier 11. And today I'm joined by two of our expert from our media buying team, Courtney and Cameron. Welcome back to both of you. Glad to be back. So before we get started, you know, Black Friday is right around the corner and we always end up talking about Black Friday from like the buying side and the creative side and the advertiser side. How about from the consumer side? What's on your shopping list next week? Hmm. I'm always into the tech stuff. I feel like that's where the best deals are, but I don't have anything specific on my mind yet. We'll see. Yeah, it was getting colder I am, so probably warm clothes. Yeah, for me, it's been really interesting this year. Like Black Friday started on November 1st, it seemed like. And I've already bought a bunch of stuff that's already on sale, mostly for my wife and kids. But it's been nice to get that off my checklist. I remember back before e-com, I was always a person out shopping the day before Christmas. And it's very nice not to have that stress. Yeah, totally. I'm right there with you. You'd see me in the shops. It's the time when I like to add a lot of stuff to my carts and then see if I get better deals from retargeting ads just to make sure I'm getting the best the best they have to offer. Yeah, you've got to go into their ad library, Courtney, and look at all the offers. That's the yes. that's what I used to do. Let me see their ad to cart, 10% yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the most important hack for Black Friday shopping is go into the Facebook <laughs> ads library and see where you can get the discounts. Yeah. Great. All right. So speaking of shopping, that's going to be the major topic of this show, not specifically Black Friday, but Meta's newish Advantage Plus shopping campaigns. So Courtney, this is a topic that you want to bring up and talk about. So I will let you first off explain what it is and then we can go into some of the details, how it's working, see if anybody, wink, wink, has a <laughs> counter opinion. And we'll go Perfect. There. Cool, cool. Well, just a very brief, clumsy explanation. It's a new campaign type basically in meta that kind of relies more on the algorithm. It's a little more hands-off for us media buyers in a way, but the targeting is all on meta side and you kind of just drop your ads in and let it do its thing. The word on the street is that the machine learning behind it, at least what I've heard, is different than what you see in our standard business as usual campaigns, which I find quite interesting. So at the moment, Advantage Plus Shopping, it's called. So it's geared more towards the e-com side of things. Although the account that I'm seeing it work quite well in isn't necessarily the typical e-com setup. We do have purchase conversions, of course, and things like that. But it's not like a Shopify store type thing. But it's totally crushing it. So what I found is, at least in this account, we have a lot of offers running at any given time. They're all quite similar, but we're talking like 20 plus offers at any given time. So I've lumped all my best performing ads for each of those numerous offers into my Advantage Plus shopping campaign and have just let the algorithm kind of like a CBO decide where to spend. But I've found where in a CBO, oftentimes all the spend ends up going to just maybe one or two ads. It seems 
in the ASCs that the Advantage Plus shopping campaigns, I'm seeing a wider array of spend going across all of my active ads and doing really well across all of them. Certainly, there are still some offers that are stellar and perform better than the other ones that are in those campaigns. But I found that even the ones that in my business as usual campaigns were underperforming, they tend to, to get some amount of a boost in the ASC that I didn't see otherwise. Nice. Nick, our head media buyer, and I were out in New York at the Meta offices last month, and they did confirm that ASC is trained completely differently than the traditional Facebook algorithm. And the rumor I heard is that it was trained post iOS 14. So it's more likely to be successful in a diminished cookie world. Yeah, something else I've heard, I think it was on a training I saw of David Herman's, what he's heard is that the targeting in the ASCs is based on the creative at the ad level rather than in our general standard business as usual campaigns. Of course, the targeting is more on the ad set level where we're kind of pulling more levers manually. And so he suggested that it's interesting to have both running in tandem because they're targeting on two different levels. So you may be able to reap additional rewards by having one campaign that's targeting and using certain machine learnings in one way, and then the ASCs that are functioning a little bit differently. At least in my experience so far, what I've seen happen is that as I'm scaling the ASCs, I see my standard business as usual campaigns dip a bit and slow down a little bit, which I guess makes sense in a way. But I do think it's interesting to at least initially, at least what I'm doing is have both campaign types running together for the same offers and just see what picks up and what doesn't. How about you, Cameron? Have you had much success or experience with ASCs? Yeah, I mean, so like I have an account right now that I've just taken on where the whole account was running on ASCs and they were doing well and also lasting a long time, which is a previous thing that I heard wasn't something that was part of an ASC. They don't really tend to last. They fatigue after a while. But their ones are lasting a long while. That said, I have created my style of campaign that I like to use, CBO, without identifying any interest targeting, taking all their best post IDs from around their accounts. They've got two accounts and bundled them all in there. And that's beating the ASCs straight away. So it's kind of the opposite situation to yourself, Courtney. Mm-hmm. But I am still just leaving, leaving those ASCs on, of course, and scaling them up because I think what you're saying does have some truth to it. They're doing something different. This client in particular, the normal campaign, we're not targeting their current customers on it. I think the advantage you do get with ASC is you can decide to target customers, but only a small amount. You can set that 10%, 5%, whatever you want to use, existing customer cap. And I think that's quite a cool feature because I think it is good being able to show to your current customers your normal ads to help bring people in, give you some social proof on the actual ad engagement, and maybe a few sales to help tie it along in certain periods. But yeah, the fact that they give you that option of not just using all of your customers, I think is quite a benefit, which I don't, who knows, maybe they roll that out across the whole platform eventually. But yeah, certainly in my experience, I'm not fully sold on ASC yet. I think the biggest limitation for me is if you're trying to test stuff. I think, yes, scaling, once you've found stuff that works, they are good. But if I want to test new creators and things, I like to keep a campaign running evergreen and do some testing within that rather than launching new campaigns all the time. And I think with ASC, you really have to be launching new campaigns whenever you want to test stuff. That's really my main issue with using, if you want to run your whole account just in those, that would be my main issue. You know, yeah. I think you need to have a balance. Yeah, totally. And I think the ads that I put in there 
are the best performers, the proven ones that we're working in the standard business as usual campaigns. And as I launch new offers, I always start with a business as usual campaign and then get a feel for what seems to be working and then maybe take those ads and throw them in the ASC and then see what happens there. But yeah, I totally agree. I think it's not necessarily the most ideal structure for testing. But I love that you mentioned that the existing customer budget cap you can put on because that's something I've been playing around a bit with. And I have one campaign where I think I have it set to zero because I want it to be like net new customers as much as possible. And then I have another ASC, which is essentially a duplicate running with, I think, a 30% existing customer cap. And they're both doing really well together, which is interesting. And what I'll be trying for Black Friday, another nod to David Herman on something he had mentioned in a training was that for short flash sales or something like Black Friday, he'll run an ASC, but he'll bump that customer existing customer cap up to like 50 or 60%. So you cast your net a little bit wider in that case, setting a lifetime budget for the duration of the offer. And apparently he's seen that work pretty well. So I'm actually doing both. I have an ASC set up for Black Friday, as well as my business as usual campaign based on what we've seen work for Black Friday and other offers throughout this year. And it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. Yeah, definitely. Do you run different offers and creative based off of how many old customers you're going after or current customers? Mm, Not in this account. Not in this account. Yeah, just all the active offers running to everybody, really. So kind of going back to the basics a little bit for ASC, like talk about from a media buyer's perspective and mindset, the difference and how you would think about the two and how maybe somebody who has been a very traditional Facebook media buyer should think about maybe testing and Mm, switching. Yeah. I'll go first on that one. I think the reason why I haven't really sold on them is maybe because the way I'm running traditional campaigns, I'm running traditional campaigns almost like they were an ASC. I'm not meddling too much. So maybe my situation would be different to someone who has really gone in. They've taken the specific manual placements they want to hit. They've segmented stuff to hit on Instagram only. They've got a specific age range and that varies in different campaigns. Someone who's gone really segmented with absolutely everything, maybe that's the mindset they have to take. Like, hey, trust in the algorithm, trust in all the data that Meta has and yourself as a marketer. Think more like a marketer that rather than a traditional media buyer where we really were trying to look into the data and get as segmented in absolutely every aspect as possible. Go back to, hey, if I've got good creative and I've thought about my actual avatars and my messaging properly, if I've done that part properly, I've followed trends on the platform and I've looked at competitors when I've been creating that creative, you're 90% there to having something that works. And if you just allow that platform, that AI to then have time and spend a couple of days in it's going to find the right people and it's going to start converting them you've done that work before and i think that's the biggest thing is you have to think more now most of your work is off platform these days less is on the platform yeah definitely agree and in the ascs i think creative diversity is important and i think that is a bigger and bigger piece no matter what type of campaign you're running and as cameron said tailoring your creative to your avatar having done the avatar research the audience research knowing what sort of conversations you want to be having with your audience and conveying that through the creative i think that's the best way to set yourself up for success in either either campaign these days yeah and then back to i think what david herman was saying as well was about grouping stuff by price So I don't tend to have too many accounts where there's a massive price difference between like massive amount of SKUs. We we have certain categories and we advertise those categories. They would all be separate campaigns, ASCs, whatever. But if you do have stuff, maybe you're better to put all the stuff in an ASC that has a similar price point so it's not drastically different. 
Yeah, 100%. And something I'm going to try is, again, we have all our offers lumped together currently in the ASC, but it's not really a matter of different price points. It's, it's you know all basically the same from that standpoint. But we do have offers that are just inherently more competitive than others. And what I'm thinking about doing is taking all of our lower performing offers and giving them their own ASC campaign and maybe shutting them off in the existing where they're competing with the ones that I know are going to always perform better and then see what happens there. I have a low performer ASC that's either focused more on the category of the offer or just the fact that they tend not to be quite as competitive or maybe the type of audience I expect to work for them is maybe similar across a few and then just seeing what happens with that. So that's sort of next on my ASC list to give a try. But by the nature of this account, a bit different from the nature of just having different price points that you might want to separate out, which totally makes sense to me, or um, different offer product categories, because this isn't really a conventional product sort of account, I guess. Is that something that the client is asking for? Like they want all their offers to sell or do they care about having the most return on any offer? Yeah, they want to see a decent return across all the offers, ideally. So it's not a situation where we can be like, oh, well, these offers won and these ones aren't great. Like the ones that aren't fantastic still have to run and we need to do whatever we can to get them to perform optimally. So we have other strategies we've used to some success in order to achieve that. But I think this is just another one to add to the wheelhouse to, to get those ones up to snuff. And then Cameron, talking about the current campaign structure that you typically run, you do campaign budget optimization with no interest targeting, just running pretty broad. Are you still doing a lot of DCO stuff or are you building out more specific? It depends, really. I'll probably do it both. But yeah, I still like using DCOs for testing anyway. Most people don't think they're using a dynamic creative ad set, but they'll add like a certain creative variant. So like, for example, if you're at the ad level, you create your ad, let's say you're using a square image and then you edit the story placement with a, a portrait version within that same ad. If you do the preview and look at the URL, it's going to see it's going to say DCO in that URL. You've actually created a dynamic creative ad anyway. So yeah, I like testing in dynamic creative ads just for efficiency and speed because it can tell you straight away what is the best copy that you're pairing with whatever creative you're testing rather than you having to set up so many ads and look through them all. You know, It's just going to do it for you straight away. The same thing as like a ASC. You're not touching too much stuff in the variance. It's just going to do it for you. Something I've noticed when I've created ads as well, like not creating specific DCOs, but all of a sudden they start giving you the option to add another headline, add another headline, add another copy, and you've secretly created a dynamic creative. Exactly. And that's so like in one of my accounts now as well, they're getting all the new features and you're getting the suggested AI copy from Meta. So they're giving you a whole list of stuff they want you to use. They want you to change it to DCO essentially. And one interesting thing from that is they're suggesting copy of hashtags. So Meta's AI, the copy it's creating has hashtags in it. And for me, that was weird. I was like, oh, I've never would have used hashtags in any copy, not used that. Maybe back in the day we used to, but like not for years. So that's suggesting to me is their AI seeing something that hashtags do well. Maybe people are like converting on organic posts. I don't really know. So yeah, that's something I'm going to explore as well as you're now being presented the option in this account anyway to like select the tools like the AI image expansion. So if you have a square image, let's say if you have a square photograph, it will expand it to a four by five format, let's say, and that extra additional area will be AI generated. So we had one where there was a box in the photo and it had managed to add the rest of the box lid on, I guess, looking at their store, looking at the other images on their 
Facebook and Instagram pages, and it's done. It's really cool. That's wild. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah I, one of the big themes it seems like Meta's taking these days is really getting into this idea of fuel and flexibility being the most successful on platform. And whether it's ASC or CBO and DCO, that's definitely giving it lots more flexibility. And then the fuel just kind of comes down to well, data, good data, of course, coming back to them, but lots of creative. And then, of course, lots of money. Yeah. How do you approach those two sides in your mind when you're creating ads? Mm, it's kind of tricky. It's a tricky question. I have to wrap my head around it. I mean, I think if you have limited spend, you can only test so much so quickly, of course. So I think you have to be even more choosy with your creative concepts and really trying to hone in on the trends on what you feel is going to resonate most and hopefully have some secondary signals that you're looking at as well so that you can determine quickly what is showing a pulse and what's not in terms of creative because if you don't have a lot of spend to throw behind a bunch of different creative concepts i just feel like you have to find ways to be really efficient and find winners a bit more quickly than you would if you have the luxury of a bit more for testing yeah i also think as well just don't get into panic mode of thinking you need to be testing stuff constantly i remember we used to always be testing like a new test every three days as soon as one finished you'd start the next one but now i'm more of the sort of view that okay let's say if i've got a week or two where we're working on good creatives and we can't be testing any creatives in that period but the account's doing well so what we're the account's doing well everything's performing Let's just wait for those two weeks rather than testing something for the sake of testing it yeah. until we get the good stuff and then test that. I guess I challenge the idea like of testing overall at this point. Isn't the nature of running these kind of campaigns like testing on the fly? It tests natively. Yeah. 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 I think it's having the diversity of assets to just throw at it and then see where the algorithm puts the spend and see what seems to be a winner from that standpoint. But having the creative diversity, I think, is still going to be an important factor. Yeah. I mean, creative diversity for sure. And that flows perfectly into a question from Bridge. How many creatives do you give your ASC campaigns? How is your experience with ASC with the catalog? Gotcha. Well, on my side, I haven't tried an ASC with the catalog yet. So unfortunately, I can't speak to that. But what I have heard is that you want to have like 15 active ads at any given time in an ASC. So I put quite a lot of ads in there and then try and have usually between 10 and 15 Again, across multiple offers with different formats, carousels, videos, all sorts of different creative types and have, yeah, usually aiming for 10 to 15 that are active. Give them some time, see what seems to be working and then refresh as needed. Yeah, I have to say I'll add lots of creatives to it more than normal. I did hear someone saying, though, that in their ASCs and they were getting success, what they were doing was they were adding the creatives and DPAs all in that one ASC and just giving it full like freedom to choose between the two. So, yeah, I, don't, I can't speak on it. I've, I've never done that myself. I will always normally put a DPA as its own campaign and your regular creatives in a separate one. But what I have been doing in the ASCs is, like I said, this account I have, we have all the new features. And one of the options in that feature is you're allowing Meta the ability to show your catalog against your creatives if it thinks it's going to improve the sale. So it's almost like a hybrid. Sometimes it's a DPA, sometimes it's not. So I've been selecting that. So I have no data on how often it's showing that. I can't see that, but if it's performing, maybe there is something in you testing your DPAs and your ASCs. Yeah, I've heard the same thing, that DPAs should be dropped in there as well. It's interesting. 
All right, so it's Advantage Plus shopping. Have you tried it for anything besides shopping? Yeah, on my end, we did try it for more of a service-based business and just didn't see the same results there. It was quite a while ago. So it's something we've talked as a team about maybe giving another shot. But in that case, we have a third-party attribution tool that we were reviewing for performance. And I believe what was happening was that the majority of conversions were view-through for that, which wasn't necessarily what we were looking for. So that was a bit of a tricky situation there. So we'll be interesting to see if we give it another try. But yeah, that was one case. I think as much success as I'm seeing it have in one particular account, I think it definitely still needs to be something that's tested with the mindset that it may not work. It's not a silver bullet going to work for every situation. Great. What else about Advantage Plus? Anything else that was on your list there, Courtney? I think we pretty much covered all the points I had. It does put you into a different mindset as a media buyer. I was thinking I feel more sketched out by DCOs in a way than I do giving the power to ASC. We can be a little bit more hands-off, as Cameron said, more of the work happens off-platform for us media buyers. I feel like I, for some reason, feel more comfortable putting trust in the ASC than I do in DCOs in some cases. I don't know if it's just previous experience. There was a time when the way I was running things, the best practices with a previous agency long ago was that we were only running DCOs like exclusively. And I didn't like it. So I think I have an unfair bias against DCOs for some reason. But I think as Cameron's speaking about how he's using them, I feel like I need to go back and drink the Kool-Aid a little bit more on that side of things and give more power, especially in terms of testing to the DCO strategy. It's interesting times for us media buyers and how we utilize our expertise and how we work with these advances in in the platform. Yeah. How are you finding uh, scaling up your ACs? I noticed in my accounts, the actual feature to change the budget, I can't remember what the setting is, but you do the setting where you can go and change the budget by a given percentage. I find that isn't available. I have to manually calculate the increase. So I don't know if that means they don't really want you scaling them or they want you to like have a flat price or whatever or flat budget. Yeah, I haven't seen that kind of tool either as far as increasing by percentage, but I've just been, as I would any other campaign or even in my ABO campaigns, gradually, incrementally boosting things up 20% every once in a while, depending on performance and where I feel like we can push it. So far, it's doing really well. I think I've, at this point, probably doubled what I started spending. Performance has continued to be quite positive. And I feel like it's been pretty stable all that time, at least as stable as my business as usual campaigns. Sometimes there will be little dips here and there. But again, nothing that, at least in this account, I wouldn't consider normal from the standpoint of the standard campaigns, business as usual stuff. So that is one thing that they talked about, the new machine learning model for ASCs, is it does exit learning much faster than traditional So I'm not sure even if you do re-enter the learning phase, if that does happen by bumping budget, it would exit. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Another question from Bridge. With event match scores four to five for non-purchase events, how effective is the existing customer cap in AAC? This is speculative, of course, since we aren't working for Meta. And how much do you guys pay attention to EMQ scores overall? I mean, I don't pay massive attention because we've got a tracking team that generally get them pretty high for us. But yeah, in terms of the second part of the question, I mean, I don't really know. I don't have a huge experience, obviously, with AC and changing the customer cap. But I do hear from people, you know, when they don't have it, they spend everything that it dies out. And the assumption is obviously, well, you've just spent all your customers. And then when they introduce those customer caps, they don't get that fatigue. They get more longevity in it. So uh, given that, I feel like there must be some effectiveness in the customer cap. 
Yeah. What I would find interesting to try, because I've also heard that you can throw your retargeting ads in the ASC as well and trust the algorithm to show those ads that are inherently supposed to be geared more towards a warmer audience, that it'll show it to the right audience. And it'd be interesting to see what kind of spend those ads would get in the ASCs, whether you would see, I don't know, some amount of spend that you would expect to see towards those warmer ads, less than you would see to your level one ads which should be cast out to a wider audience and then a diminished spend to the ones that are meant to go to your warmer audiences. So this is what I actually do in my normal campaigns and it does work. You can look at the frequency and you'll see the one that you can go, okay, that's retargeting. You'll have much lower spend, high frequency, and you'll see the ones that are used for prospecting, much higher spend, low frequency. So it's like confirming it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, give it a try. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then I'd say on the EMQs, like that is something that we know is boosting that really helps things overall. And we have been building out a tool internally that we'll be rolling out next year that we're tentatively calling X-ray tag. Nobody's stopped me on that yet. But we've seen in our early testing between a 40 and 100% boost in EMQ scores, depending where they are within the funnel. Great. Any other thoughts on Advantage Plus or anything else in the Advantage Suite? Are you guys getting Advantage audiences in your accounts? Yeah, but I mean, it's just kind of what I was doing already. Yeah, same same for me to some degree. Yeah, they just changed yeah. the branding. Mm-hmm. I think Advantage Audience is really for those that like to interest target and really drill down. They say, okay, you can do that, but we're also going to expand from there. So it's like, you could do that, but we're going to go broad. Yeah, I don't know if what it is now, but like I remember you had that expansion. They made the expansion box a default at one point. I don't know if they've moved it back because they never set up interest. But yeah, it's like you thought you were selecting interest, but they were automatically expanding it anyway. So you were going broad. I think the future is you give meta the data through your pixel or tag or whatever. You give it the creative and you give it the money and then it's going to figure out who to show it to, where to show it. And there's no control outside of that. I'd be interested to know how you guys feel about the Advantage Plus audiences on your warmer audiences, your retargeting audiences and stuff. I'm always hesitant to allow the expansion if I know this is a cart abandonment <laughs> ad set and what have you. I know who I want to see these and it's this list that I gave you. So don't go any further than that. But I don't know. It'd be interesting. See if it somehow knows something that I don't <laughs> in terms of those smaller, very, very specifically targeted audiences. Probably worth trying. I guess the question is, is it a bad thing if somebody sees like a cart abandonment? If they end up buying, then I guess, yeah, if it gets results, then I suppose not. Yeah. All these human feelings that get in the way of the algorithm. (laughs) Great. Cool. So next week's Black Friday, we hit on a little bit for shopping ourselves. You guys have any like last minute checklist or things that people can actually do? I mean, right now everybody should have everything well planned out, loaded up, ready to go if they're not running things already. Yeah. Well, that's the first one. If you don't have it up and set up and scheduled, get it up this weekend because next week it's going to be slower for approvals. Yeah. Yeah. And just especially, I've worked on some accounts that just tend to, by the nature of what we're offering, get a lot of erroneous rejections. And so I try and get set up way in advance for those ones, knowing that we could have a large subset of ads that are rejected that I'm going to have to need to appeal and sometimes reappeal. So for sure, that side of things. But then I also think, obviously, it's good to give everything a last QC on the ad side, but then also ensuring the payment processor works, ensuring promo codes are active. You know, that's something that, you know, I have instances where it's not something that we at Tier 11 have the ability to flip that switch. And it's always good to maybe send a quick reminder or just realign with clients on exactly when those promo codes are going to become active, just to make sure everything's good to go. 
Yeah. How about any other things for your Black Friday checklist? Just make sure you're talking about the offer on every page so that you can have it in the toolbar at the top, but it could be good to have it actually near the price as well, screaming out, this is the price off. Uh, one thing as well, like if you're using DPAs, what I always do is I add, so you can put the current price as one of the fields and I'll always write before it, now only. They can see that, oh, that's, it's just about like psychology, you know, now only, and they're making it seem smaller than it is. So that's a good thing. I used to test them on a previous client and they would always do better. So now that's just like a thing I do for sales. I'll go in and put the DPA as now only and then the field so it pulls it in beside it. Go hard on your budgets at the start. Every year I hear people saying, we wish we'd spent more. It's hard to scale up. It's a lot easier to scale back. You may as well go on a harder budget the first day. Even if you don't get the performance you want and you have to scale back, you've still got eyeballs on those creatives and they're likely going to convert you know, over the next couple of days. So don't see it as a loss really. So that's probably one I would say like, definitely start harder than you think. If you think this is the budget you want to use, maybe add 10% more to start. We have a question here from Daniel Green. How hands-on should a media buyer be with their Black Friday, Cyber Monday ads over the sale weekend? That's a good one. I suspect it's changed over the last three yeah. or four years. I think it's important to be keeping an eye on things, whether you're necessarily fiddling and touching, but you don't want to panic. You don't want to go crazy trying to make any decisions too quickly. But I think especially money can be spent quite quickly <laughs> in this sort of situation. And, and I think it's good just to be checking quite regularly and frequently, you know, having eyes on it and knowing ahead of time what you're looking for in terms of negative signals that you do want to act on. I think that was another item on my list was just reviewing your plan, reviewing your game plan, reviewing like what you expect to happen based on last year or based on other sales you've run. Just having that in the back of your mind as we go in and and prepping your mind to make those decisions as needed. I guess these days it's difficult for me to keep my hands off things, especially in something like Black Friday. You want to feel like you're being proactive as a media buyer and taking care of your clients. But yeah, I think certainly these days we don't need to be quite as hands-on as we once did, but I think we still need to be eyes on if that makes sense. Yeah. And I suspect if you're building out like CBO campaigns or ASC campaigns, you have to have a little bit of trust that the algorithm is going to spend on the right things where it used to be if you're doing budget at the ad set level, you have to like really watch those very tightly. Yeah. I think as well, just checking the back end. If you're not seeing it on the platform, if they're getting the sales in Shopify or if you have access to Amazon, trust that. Okay, it's not uh, matching it back. It is doing something. Great. Anybody running like meta shops over Black Friday, Cyber Monday or recently? So we're not running them over Black Friday. I have a client that, our account that we use a lot of shops, but they're having some issues with the, the detail. It won't happen for everyone's product, but this is the type of product where you need a bit more detail. So they're having customer support issues from shops. And we've looked into the actual click to conversion rates and it's hard to get breakdowns of shops but it doesn't look like shops convert as well as their website even though meta are massively pushing shops right now i see in another account they're offering a two thousand dollar credit if we use shops we are going to use we are going to use shop ads for them but it's like yeah for black friday that that particular client that has had the issues we decided it's better to just not have them on the black friday specific campaigns in case they have all these customer support issues and that's not what you want in during Black Friday. So yeah, that's just a I guess a case, a unique case. But if you if you're having success with shop ads already, I don't see why you wouldn't use them over Black Friday as well. Yeah, just from my own personal experience doing Black Friday shopping, 
I've gotten a Black Friday ad, clicked it, and it's taken me to an Instagram shop. But I didn't feel confident that the discount was didn't feel very Black Friday-esque. Like if I was to go to the website, it'd be typically a lot more clear of oh, here, Black Friday, here's the deal. But on the shop, it felt a little bit too clean okay. for it to feel like a discount. So That's I wonder insight. if there's a little bit of lack of differentiation between shops that makes it maybe a little bit harder for people to have trust in them. Well, that's interesting. And just something new. It's also something that will be new to consumers as well that they may not have seen before. And yeah, there may be a little bit of suspicion there. It's an interesting yeah. thought for sure. Because this is only the second year, I think, of them. In, so it'd be the second Black Friday of shops, at shop ads anyway, being in existence. So yeah, I guess we'll get the data this year. Yeah, I mean, it feels a bit more like a marketplace, right? Where everything's kind of the same. Like you'd expect to Amazon, but the whole customer journey is different because you're getting like brand ads, going to like a marketplace it just doesn't feel quite trustworthy yet great any other things you guys want to chat about things that are working now or not working i mean we've kind of hit on a pretty broad set of topics here oh another thing i had just as far as last minute black friday setup is potentially setting up your automated rules in meta i feel like it can be something i'm a little hesitant to do because i feel like it's not always the most intuitive (laughs) setup and so it wouldn't be something i would set up now for the first time. But for rules that I know have helped me in the past in accounts, I definitely want to make sure I've gone ahead and applied them appropriately to my Black Friday campaigns just to have that little added help there over the holiday weekend, making sure that if anything is really, really out of whack, I have something that's constantly checking for the right things. Yeah, I think I'll add to that as well. Keeping an eye on your comments, because often people will tell you if your cart's broken or something, they're going to give you that. This week, Shopify have been having a few issues certainly in Europe anyway. So yeah, definitely, who knows what's going to happen in this period. But Shopify right now are having some issues. So definitely keep an eye on, is your website functioning? Are people reporting any problems? Yeah, just be on the ball. Yeah, that's a really good tip. Check your comments, check your site over and over again. Great. Well, thank you both very much for hopping on today. Best of luck next week, Black Friday, and hopefully just hands off and sit back and watching Facebook do its thing. All right, Courtney Cameron, thank you very much. And until next time, I'm Tom Meredith. If you're looking for some help, if you're running Facebook ads or any part of your customer journey, head over to tier11.com, click the big pink button, and we'd love to chat with you. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Customer Acquisition Show. Take the next step toward growing your customer base. Visit tier11.com and request your customized growth plan. And remember to hit the follow button so you can be notified of future episodes.